Sheriff, I hear a deep commitment in you to the ascension as a story, as an event in the life of Christ and the life, and on our life. And I'm, I'm wondering why that matters to you. And specifically, I hear myself saying quite frequently, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And you're inclined to remind me, don't forget the ascension. And so um, could you just review for us what the ascension was and why it matters? So I'm, even the fact that it was the ascension was, yes. I think that is an event, right? It actually, so what it was in the time that we think of as time and place for Jesus in our midst, is Jesus not um, in the language, again, you and I were having that chat about Leonard Bernstein's mass where he's like, oh, and then Jesus came down or God came down, took on a body, did some stuff, paid the world a social call, and then went back to being God again. So that was all great for you who could be God in a body and then drop it. But what about the rest of us who just are embodied and are caught here, right, is Bernstein's question. And I think that was me without really ever wanting to examine how honestly that question he was raising was real for me. Because I really did also think the resurrection was Jesus' disembodiment. Like, I get to take off my human suit at cloud 37 and, like, return to the Father. And I would read and hear John 17, this high priestly prayer, that way. Father, I can't wait to get back to the glory that you and I shared before the creation of the world. And this is just like torture, but I'll see it through to the end, and then we can get back to disembodied glory. And, and then to finally at some point start to realize, oh, the resurrection, we have no story without the resurrection. Jesus dying for us does no good unless he's still living <laughs> and unless he's still like us and still like himself now living through that death into a resurrection. Then that death does is, is everything I need it to be in our human experience and his experience and more than I will ever conceive. But if it's just the resurrection, I think, then he just sort of disappears and I have no idea like what he's doing or why he's doing it. It's like, well, I, my turn was taken. And then in, in a really terrible way, it's like, well, the father created everything. The son came in and fixed everything. And now the son's gone with, so, so third person comes in and he's the Holy spirit and he's going to empower us or prick our conscience or help us read the Bible or whatever this, but it's his turn. So it's like, well, Jesus, like, I wonder what you're doing, twiddling your thumbs until the father says, like, okay, you can come back son, right, in the Paris years. So suddenly you go, wait, 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 wait. Like, he is the active Lord of the universe, still wearing a body that's probably shorter than me. <laughs> and still looking like his aunts and uncles and his mom. Like, whatever nose they've got, they've got it, right? And that tells me, oh, this is a forever story. Even if it's glorified in a way I can't even comprehend, it's still this person, this way forever. So, so same with me. So not only is the ascension taking humanity into its perfect and permanent and rightful place in the life of God, precisely to minister and participate with God in the ways of God in creation, especially in our world that we were made for and with. 
But then you begin to hear like the language of Paul who's praying for like the church in Ephesus, like, and all the riches of God in Christ Jesus, who through his death and resurrection and now ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father, which is not so much location in time and space location as he who is this human being has finally um, gathered up a faithful human life to be able to minister out of the authority that we were made for, which is to bear the life of God with God for the world. And so then he's like, and then you too who were dead, only you were dead in your transgression. You were dead in your ability to be truly human. You too have been raised and now you have been seated with him in this place to already begin to share in the inheritance that belongs to the human children of God, which is to minister the cruciform life and love, self-giving love of God in the world. So it's taught me now when I pray, I get up in the morning, I wake up and say, I, I sense the Father, Son, and Spirit being like, yeah, we've been waiting for you to wake up. And then before you sort of put your feet on the floor, it's like, I wonder what we're doing today. I think I know some things I'm supposed to do in my day, but Jesus, where you are going to be present in my day ahead of me, doing the will of the Father in my day with me, by the Spirit, can I be paying attention with you to actually be seated with you? So I feel like that invitation is, okay, wake up, honey, sit down with your coffee at the right hand of the Father and look out with us over a world that we love and are present to so that you're just paying attention to participating already with the one who can do this perfectly. I'll do it partially, but already I could actually be part of what Jesus is doing in the world instead of trying to do things for Jesus in the world and Jesus is way out there somewhere and I hope he gets the message that I did it for him. So it's everything.